Well, welcome back to A Voice in the Distance Ministries, everybody. Pastor Rick here with you as always, and as always, a pleasure to be back with you. It's been a little while as usual, but again, it's uh, it's always good to be back doing what is doing what is best. Not so much what we like to do best, but what is best. What is best? Being in God's Word. Being in prayer. Being in fellowship with God, with one another. And, and, and to me, this is a way of us doing that. This is a way of us being in fellowship with one another from afar. And I, I can't wait to, to do this with you each time. And I'm so blessed and pleased for anybody and everybody who's on listening. Because this isn't about me. This is about the Lord. This is about His Word. And so, again, this is my pleasure to be a part of you, to be a part of God, to be a part of God's will, and for us to be together seeking God's will. Now, when we get in the Word together, we see everything. We see the good. We see the bad, sometimes the ugly. And God put this in here for a reason. You know, he gave us a, he gave us a template in life to, to see what to do and what not to do. And we see his miracles. But, you know, there's many lessons to be learned. You know, as, I, as I'm going to read this chapter, I really think that this is, again, this is really something to pay close attention to. And sometimes we just, we spend the rest of our lives learning this. And God gives us grace and mercy with all the time in the world here sometimes, and sometimes we don't get a lot of time, which is, this is something that shouldn't be messed with. Time is not something to be played with. Time is, is not something to be wasted. Time is to be redeemed. Time is of the essence. Time is precious. And so, again, that's why I thank you. I thank you dearly for your time of, of being here. And I don't want anybody doing this because uh, for the sake of Pastor Rick. I do this for the sake of the Lord and his word and that, that by his will, that, that on the voice in the distance ministries, the word of God is being taught for what it's saying, not for what I want it to or what I think it is, but just simply teaching it for what it's saying. So we're going to jump on in here. Time to jump on in and to, and to take a look at Joshua chapter 7. Last time we looked at the miracle of the breaking down of the walls as the, as the, the children of Israel marched around the city of Jericho, that, that very ancient fortified city at the time. And without even touching it, without even touching it by God's command, they marched around the city walls for a period of time to yell out a, a loud scream and the walls crumbled. Again, an amazing act and an amazing miracle of God. But with that, we see, in each chapter, we see something different. And I think today we're going to see some important lessons to be learned. I think that, that this was thousands of years ago, but times have not changed in the forms of obedience to God. Times have not changed in the forms of, of faith. Times have not changed in the form of, of wrong or of right. We, we create that at times, and, and God probably shakes his head thinking, what, have, what are you doing? You know, and, and so we want to look at these things, and, and we're going to see for ourselves the lessons here, I hope. And I, again, I pray as always that, that you are blessed, and that you are blessed by the teaching of God's Word, and what we are going to see today in Joshua chapter 7. I'm going to start us off in verse 1 through 5. And this is, and again, this is, these are the things. This is based on the price of disobedience. And, and, and I think that's what I'm going to title this message, the price of disobedience, because it says, but the children, in verse 1, but the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things so that the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. 
Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to, uh, Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out to the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai, and they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. So about three thousand men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about thirty-six men. For they chased them from before the gate as far as Shabaram and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. To start off the bat, if you've ever read in regards to a battle that God had sent anybody in, no matter, regardless of the number, whatever the size of the, of the people that, that God had sent in, they won because God was there with them. They won because obedience had been taken place. So what happened here? So they took the accursed things. Well, what are those? Accursed things were a lot of times were the possessions of a particular um, particular um, tribes or people, if you will, that we've read about in the Bible. You know, there was times where where you know you are allowed in battle you are allowed to take the the, the plunder of somebody else or their, or the or the possessions of somebody else. But you see, God said not to, and the reason being is because a lot of these places had idol worship, and, and uh, idol worship of false gods, of false entities, whatever it might have been. It could have been gold. It could have been. It could have been many things. But God said not to take anything. You know, do not take any of these accursed things. And you know, if you think about it, you know, no matter how pretty something might be, would you want to own? Would you want to own something of a pagan person that you knew belonged to them? If, if you have any spirituality to yourself or, or any, anything in your conscience, I don't think any of us would want to own a pentagram made out of pure gold. I mean, somebody might want to sell it and think like, okay, I got rid of it. But, but would you even want to take part in that? But there was a price here. The simple price was the, the lack of obedience. They were simply told not to take anything. And with that lack of obedience became, came results. And not the kind of results that we want. What were the results? Well, we had many men die as the number one result from that, which normally wouldn't have been the case. It said that the, the Israel's army melted like water in, in, in fear. You know, Joshua himself questioned God. God threatened to withdraw his presence from the people. Achan and his family had to be destroyed. This was a lose-lose in every aspect. You know, when Israel eliminates the sin from their from their community, the, these were the, insult, the, the results of such. Whenever they had rid of all of these things, they had many good things. Encouragement from God, we could see. God's presence in the battle. At times, God gave permission to keep the plunder. But in this case, that wasn't the case. So they lacked victory. They lacked victory. Thousand, a few thousand men here was lost. Now, now, granted, sometimes that's small in a big in a big um, uh, battle like this. But it was big to the people of Israel. They saw it. They saw it as a as a major defeat to them as they ran in fear after everything they've accomplished. And so without God in the midst, 
without God in the midst of, of things, without obeying God, without hearing God's voice, without hearing God's word, these are the results of things that we deal with. Even in everyday life, we can see these things in us failing to result in, in, in that of obedience. In 6 to 9, then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over to the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the, of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off your name from the earth. That, and then what will you do for your great name? And then in 10.11, so the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie that's on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have taken some of the accursed things, and have both stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their own stuff. Now, Joshua tore his clothes. Now, when you, when you hear the term of tearing their clothes, putting dust or ashes on their head, that was the ancient Near East and Israeli form of mourning. That's what they would do is they would tear their clothes in an act of mourning and rage right then and there. They would put dust on their head, a lot of times put sackcloth on instead. And that was an indication of extreme mourning. And so that was the result. That was the result. Joshua questioned and God gave the answer. You're hearing Joshua's prayer on fear. Joshua's prayer on confusion. Joshua's prayer on sadness. But again, God answered him. And that's the beauty of this whole thing is that God answered him. The problem that they had was they didn't consult God. They went ahead on their own, on their own accord. They thought with their own skills and their abilities and after the fact that, you know, the fact that they have made some defeats that they've got this. Well, we too at times could rely a little too much on ourselves, a little self-arrogance, a little self-reliance um, that, that should not be in our, in our midst. And God shows us sometimes when we get there, when we, when we slip and fall. There's never been a failure when God's been involved, but there's always been a failure when he hasn't. Now, somebody might say, well, that's not entirely true. Well, you know what? If you want to find out the hard way, that's on you. But when I look at the uh, the accuracy of history in the Bible, I'm going to stick with that. I, I want to remind us, including myself, that no matter how good things are, sometimes, you know, when things are going so good in life, we we forget about God. We we tend to we kind of put him on the uh, on the wayside because things are good, right? Everything is going just fine. We have no reason for God. We have no reason for prayer. A hard lesson I've had to learn is, is that it don't matter. Through the best and worst of times, pray to him. Seek him. Whatever ability you have, whatever ability I have is from him. Whatever ability that could be taken is because of him and his allowance. God is not to be played with. And he gives us these precious gifts. And I, and I think a precious gift at times, too, that we tend to forget, is learning from our lessons 
without having to be destroyed from them completely. And, and, and that is a precious gift if you think about it. See, the, the Bible has, has two different aspects in, involved here. We call it prescriptive and descriptive. Okay, you have a prescription and a description. You know, the, the description here was, was obedience. Lack of obedience. The, the description was the lack of obedience. The prescription is repentance and obedience. So when you, when you, when the Bible is describing here the obedience, it's not basically giving a green light here for, for us to do whatever we want. It's describing the results. But the prescription as we are seeing here in this particular chapter of Joshua is obey. Have faith. Trust in God. Walk with God. Seek God first. And that is the, that is the prescription. The description was the demise. So we don't want to have to be in the description of that in a bad way. We want to be taking the prescription so that way we could give the description of God's perfect will and how he got us through. How God got you through something, whatever it was. Did you get through an ailment of some sort, a disease, a sickness, a major surgery, cancer, uh, near-death experience, whatever the case may be. Did you get through that? God has given you a descriptive demeanor with a prescriptive. So we need to dis- we need to be able to divide these rightly. And and dividing God's word right is is on how we know the difference between the prescriptive and the descriptive meaner here, demeanor. And so we have both. There was a description here of what not to do. The prescription was given on what to do and how to handle it. Look at verse 10 and 11. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you, why do you lie on your face? <laughs> right there. Get up. Why, why do you lie on your face? You know, it, I've learned in life and I've said before, you know, it's, it's okay to be down or to get down, but it's not okay to stay down. Everybody gets down, but it's not okay to stay down. And God's saying that right here. Here's why. Get up off your face. I'm going to dust you off and tell you what's going on here. I'm going, to, I'm going to explain it all to you right now. Now, I also want to address something here, which I think people have also questioned. Why the national, why the national punishment is what a lot of people have questioned. You know, yeah, it was one guy's doing, but you see, the nation needed to be committed. The nation needed to be committed to God. The nation needed to be committed to the job that they had agreed to do, which was simply conquer the land and and to not take these certain items for themselves. You know, Achan's sin wasn't just all about keeping some of the plunder. You know, because God has allowed this in some cases. But when God tells you to do something, you know, you remember how mad your parents used to get when we did something and we were told not to and what did they say to us what did i tell you you are to do as i say i hope you're not cringing from that memory because i am at times but that's there's truth to it because now if you're a parent you completely understand see if there's something i've learned in life at times is that why god is why god has allowed us to have children is because it gives us a little more clear vision of how he deals with us he wants to <laughs> give you children so you can see what i went through with you and that's when I said to myself, oh, God, help me, please, forgive me for, for all my sins. You know, it, it, it goes beyond. It goes beyond the possessions. 
You know, there there is evil. There's idolatry in this city. You know, the desire for money and clothes or whatever. You know, that that's in everybody. But see, God would not protect Israel's army again until the sin was was removed. And at times that sin being removed had to be the items that they went and blatantly took. So be, be careful with possessions. Because God wants us to do what is right all the time. And, and so we need to be practicing what we preach, as the, as the old saying goes. We need to look very closely at this message. Don't look at don't look at every Bible uh, chapter and verse as a good read. Look at it as a way of life. Look at it as a personal message because it pertains to every single person. It pertains to every single one of us, you know, here and on Earth, and you know, again, our legacy and our destiny, which our legacy that we'll leave behind, also goes with us in heaven. In, in 12 to 13, actually I'm going to do 12 to 15, it says, Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore, unless you destroy the accursed things from among you. Get up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. Because thus says the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from from you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to families, and the family which the Lord takes shall come by households, and the household which the Lord takes shall come by man by man. Then it shall be that he who has taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done disgraceful things. In Israel. So consecrate yourself was the instruction. The prescription. <laughs> consecrate yourself. What is that? Well, basically, it's a purification process. It, it, it's basically taking a, you know, like taking a bath as you got thrown in the mud or fell into the mud. And... I will say that mud is a little easier to clean than blood. <laughs> and we are under a different fellow or a different covenant if you will, thank God, by by the covenant of the blood of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. And this was a this was a covenant that, that was under um, an Israeli covenant with God. Right? That that was a promised blessing for their obedience, but there was also promised curses too for their disobedience. Am I saying that we can get away with these things now? Absolutely not. But what I am saying and thankful for is the, is the new covenant of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. And, and the position that, that was put in place for him to save us of our sins. But when I look at this, this Israeli covenant, you know, God was not playing around. Nor does he to this day. Because he said, you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. That still stands, as far as I'm concerned, as far as the word's still concerned. You don't want to have, you don't want to be considered a follower of Christ while there's a pentagram in your house. <laughs> you don't want to be considered a, fo a follower of Christ when uh, when you're practicing voodoo or other, or other paganistic, uh, ritualistic things. 
God's mercy is to all. But he also has but he also has judgments as well for those that disobey. Check it out from verse 14 to 18. In the morning, therefore, ye shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord has taken according to your families. All the things which the Lord takes shall come, uh, come by households, and the household which the Lord takes shall come by man. And it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire. And all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done this disgraceful thing in Israel. So Joshua rose early in the morning. And, and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. He, he brought the clan of Judah, he brought the family of the Zarites, and he brought the family of the, uh, of the Zarites man by man. And Zabdi was taken, and then he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, and the tribe of Judah was taken. Now, it was revealing time. See, Joshua didn't know. Joshua didn't know exactly who was the sinning culprit, but God did. You know, there there is no such thing as a secret sin in the eyes of God, because he sees every single thing. You know, I, I've told people, I tell myself, that there's only two people who know you best. There's only two people who know me best. Okay, the person who knows you best is you, because, you know, you, you know yourself and everything that you're thinking, that nobody else can see or think. But then you got God who knows you better than you know yourself because he's the one who created you and knows every single thing hidden in the mind and the heart. Everything that's said and done in secret, everything that's said and done behind the wheel of the car, everything that's said and done in the closed doors of the house. Nothing is hidden from God. We need to remember these things. I need to remember these things. And so God loves transparency in his people. And when we have that, we live freely. People paid here because of these sins. And Joshua probably had to have been just completely devastated. Achan here, you know, <laughs> thinking about it, thinking to himself, if I only just, if I only just practiced the obedience, if I just did what needed to be done. I think that we're all guilty of that. We've all been punished for things in our lives. But, you know, again, God is merciful. God is gracious. And, and, and our Lord and Savior came and died willingly for that. 19 and 21 says, Now Joshua said to Achan, My son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord of God of Israel. And this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. And, they are, and they're there, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. So Achan had quite a bit here. You know, we can look at everything that God taught us not to be coveting, the dangers of coveting, the dangers of money, and the dangers of possessions. You know, Achan fell, he fell victim to these things. But he was a victim of his own hand, a victim of his own circumstance. The attraction here of these things that, that just, he felt in his mind that he must have deserved it or something. Right, and and so this is something that that God has taught us from the very beginning to this day. We still need to be careful of that of coveting certain things, going after certain things. 
But, you know, Joshua said something, you know, to beg of him, to, you know, to confess to him. And, and it's still a good thing to confess to the Lord. 22 to 26, so Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent and, and there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had had. And they brought them to the valley of Achor and Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. They, then they raised over him a great heap of stones, and they're uh, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. You know, we see it again, like I said. If God did this and allowed this, he did it for a good reason. God is always right. God is always good. He's always just. He's he's holy. He's loving. He's everything in perfection. And he, people think, well, why did why did Aiken's family, you know, pay for this? Well, we don't know exactly what they did or what they had in part. They a lot of times, you know, certain families will stick together. They'll they'll turn a blind eye. And and you got to remember here culturally in the in the ancient East, okay, when 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 one member of a family paid for something, everyone did. The family was treated as a whole. And so, if if God allowed it, then there was something wrong somewhere. If God allowed it, then something, something right was not going to happen in the future. Because he knows all things. See, don't ever question God. I've heard people say that. Well, I would have never done that. So I kind of chuckle to myself. I, I, I think to myself, I was like, oh, it's interesting. So you know more than God? It's interesting. You're more merciful than God? Now, I don't think that's something I would necessarily uh, say out loud. All I know is that whatever God allowed, he did it for a reason. And he also said before that I'm going to show mercy to who I'm going to show mercy to. He said that to Moses. And and so we need to remember that, that I want to be in God's good graces. I want to be in God's in God's mind all the time in, in, in the aspects of good. You know, I want to be the I want to be the child that he's proud of. And he loves all of his children. He loves every single one of us. Even the worst of the worst he loves and he and he wants to bring back. We don't get to do whatever we want in life and get away with it. You know, I, I remember saying before, if you want to know how to, if you want to know how to get away with something, it's just best not to do it at all. Because there's a set of eyes on every one of us that sees everything. There is a set of ears that are perfect that hears things that that nobody could ever hear. And, and so we are reliant on God. May we be looking at this and thinking to ourselves, it's the same God, it's the same God then as it is now. In this time. And, and so, look at this with reverence. Look at this with a mind and a heart. Saying and thinking to ourselves that, you know what, I, I want to be in those good graces. And I was, I was uh, messaging with somebody today, who actually, and this was fitting for today's message, because I was asked, you know, so this young man that's been um, 
uh, part of my ministry, if you will, for some years, ask me if, if, you know, if God will demote him because of his shortcomings. And my response to him was is that I, I, don't, I can't speak, I don't want to speak for God on that aspect. But what I can tell you is that he'll always do what's right. You know, and the conversation was, is again, I can't speak for God in that aspect. He's going to do what he's going to do. But what I can say is that if we continue to do things blatantly, it will catch up to us. And that was pretty much the gist of the message. When we do things we know aren't right, what do you expect is going to happen? If God designed our bodies to um, to survive and to thrive on, on certain diets, then when we do the opposite, then what are we what are we going to expect to happen? And and the same thing goes I, with 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 God in every aspect. He said it to Cain from the beginning of time. God told Cain because you know Cain was angry about the fact that God did not accept his offering. But God said something to Cain that stands true to this day. If you if you do what's right, then then all you know, no harm no harm will come to you. But if you choose if, if you choose not to, then sin's knocking on your door. Sin is waiting at your door. So I think that's something very simple to re- to remember. Something that was spoken from the beginning of time to to human number three. Is we call him, I like to call him human number three and human number four, Cain and Abel, because the parents were Adam and Eve. And, and, and Cain was the, was the, uh, first child. And when God said that to him, I highlighted that in my Bible, because it, it's so true, we forget. If you continue to do what's right, then what, then good will come to you in the eyes of God, and that's what he's looking for. But I want to give you an important lesson with a with an option, a free gift, a gift that's that's free to you and I, but it cost God everything in this in His uh, in the blood of His Son, Christ Jesus. He paid a heavy price for us, a heavy price for sins to be forgiven that we don't deserve, but yet He gives us uh, unmerited favor in, which is what we call grace. He gave us a place in eternity called heaven. Where there will be no death or sorrow or pain. And he went there and paved the way for us by his blood. Now how do we get there? Well, we just can't say I'm a good person. There's a lot of good people out there. But there's not a lot of saved people out there. You got to want it. You got to want him. And that free gift I'm, I'm mentioning here is an offering to, to receive him as your Lord, your Savior, and your Father. That you will have a place in his kingdom. That you will be a child of God through our, our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. And that you will walk with him, be in prayer, be in his word. And that you will have a place with him in eternity. As he promised the thief on the cross next to him. When Jesus was about to die, the the thief on the cross next to him said, When you enter in your kingdom, will you remember me? And Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, you will be with me today in paradise. And see, Christ said, Assuredly. So what I'm giving you is assurance. 
from him himself who said it to a thief on the cross who recognized his sin. Do you want assurance? Well, here's the greatest that could be given to you. The assurance of eternal life in heaven. The assurance of forgiveness of sins. And you can get that now by receiving him into your heart. If you want to say a prayer with me, a prayer of repentance, a prayer of recepting, receiving, and he will come into your heart and be a part of you and you will secure your place in heaven. And you can do that by saying this prayer. If you want that, if you feel led by the Spirit, repeat after me, Dear God, please forgive me. Forgive me of all of my sins as I confess to you that I am a sinner. I ask of you to cleanse me now of all of my sins. I thank you for dying on the cross. I thank you for washing away my sins with your precious and holy blood. And Father, I pray you receive me now as your child, as I receive you into my heart as my Lord, my Savior, and my Father. I love you. I praise you. I receive you now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen to anybody who said that prayer. The greatest decision that you uh, have ever made in your life was that right there, receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. And again, I just want to welcome you into God's kingdom. I want to welcome you into God's family. And he's been waiting for you for some time. And the Bible says that when one person gives their life to the Lord, that all of heaven rejoices. So can you picture that right now? All of heaven throwing a party on your behalf? <laughs> well, it's happening if you've said that prayer in truth. So I want to welcome you into the family of God. I pray that you will walk with him closely and that you will bring others to him. And that you will equip others as you are being equipped. So I thank you again for joining me. I thank you again for being a part of God. I thank you for having me. I'm greatly humbled and I just love you all. I pray for you all. And that may God bless and keep you. May God bless you.